And also, I'm going to send out a little excerpt in my e-letter e that's going to have a little bit more explanation of what to expect. Now listen, we understand. Some, some may be comfortable being in the building, we, and we welcome you to be here. We also realize that some may still not be comfortable gathering. It is not a judgment on your life. If you feel like you need to stay home for a few weeks uh, and still uh, watch us through the streaming, uh, th that is perfectly fine. And there's no love loss, and we do not point fingers. But for those who are comfortable and want to join us, uh, we invite you to do that at 10 o'clock um, next Sunday morning. Now, I want to give you a little heads up. You may want to try to be here just a few minutes early because it's going to be a little bit slower entrance into the building. Uh, so you wouldn't want to be riding right at 10 o'clock because uh, there are certain things you're going to have to do as you enter the building. Uh, and we'll give you all those instructions uh, next week. I also want to remind you as well that due to the fact of the, sl the slow opening, as we call it, or soft opening, uh, we may be a little delayed next Sunday morning. It may be as late as 10.15 before we actually go live uh, with our service. We're going to keep the service to a minimum, just like we do uh, here on Sunday morning with a beginning song, uh, and with uh, a welcoming, and, and a message and a closing song as well. So just kind of be patient with us. We make these adjustments. Of course, we're going to uh, continue to stream live from here on out in the ways that we're doing it. And so we trust that we are a part of your life and will become more of a habit as well as a reward for you because it's a reward for us to know that you're tuning in. So we thank you for being here and we welcome you this day as we worship the Lord. Our theme today is about healing. And we're going to be looking at several scriptures as well. So you may want to get your Bibles uh, and get them ready as we'll be making some reference to some scriptures about God's healing. But let's uh, pray together as we begin our service. And God bless you for attending. And remember, this is a day that the Lord has made. And let us rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning that you've given us. The morning is beautiful because you are beautiful. And the fact that, that we have opportunity to worship that beautifulness and the awesomeness of who you are. And Father, today, may our hearts be gladdened. May we rejoice in your love. May we rejoice in your work. And more importantly, we thank you for your powerful grace that's administered in our time of need. We also thank you for the healing that you bring in each of our lives, not only physically, but spiritually as, as you touch our, our very soul. And we give you praise. Father, we recognize that in this, this day is a day of prayer uh, that our own governor in our state has asked us to be a day of prayer for those first responders, those people who are in the hospital, those who are sick, those who are recovering, and for the, the, the well-being and the health of our community and our state. And so we want to do that. We want to just ask you, Father, with your healing touch, that you would bring that healing rain upon this land, upon all of our lives, upon the entire world, so that it will bring people from their feet to their knees and their minds looking downward to becomes heavenward. And as each heart is, is rejoicing because of your work. And Father, touch each and every one. Bring healing, uh, bring guidance, bring directions, calm fears, uh, and bring, bring hope. And we give you thanks for all that you're going to do. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. i
Good morning once again, and as we look to a message today that's uh, entitled, A Time of Healing, it's in Acts, using the scripture uh, reference of Acts chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 10, and focusing upon the focal verse of verse 6. So, and I'm going to be looking, as I've been doing over the last several weeks, going to be looking at multiple scripture, and uh, you know, if you want to kind of mark them down. And, you know, if we're going a little too fast for you, you may want to make reference and, and write those references down for a future, um, you know, later on in the day, look back, maybe use as a devotion as well, because all of the scriptures together uh, form much of a theme about healing. We're going to be looking at two things, how Jesus healed and how you can heal, okay? So we're going to be looking at two major things here, how Jesus gave out healing and how you and I can as well uh, provide healing in people's lives. And so in Acts chapter, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, is our first scripture text that I want you to read and, and read along with me. And so Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now Peter and John were going up together to a temple complex at the hour of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Isn't that, isn't that cool that they had a set time for prayer? Maybe it's challenging us to do the same. And then it goes on to say in verse 2, And a man who was lame from his mother's womb were carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful. So he could beg from those entering the temple complex. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. And Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, Look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I have I give to you in the name 
of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and his ankles became strong. So he jumped up, and he stood, and he started to walk, and he entered the temple complex with him, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit. Isn't that cool? He's going to be the one used to sitting there, begging at the beautiful gate of the temple complex. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. And so this is a very powerful passage of Scripture. The Scripture basically in its context is that Peter and John were, were a frequent, were frequently in that particular place where this beggar was there every day. And when they saw uh, the family and all those gathered saw this beggar there, they thought, you know, this is the opportunity that you have to find healing. And so they knew that it was something different about the disciples of Christ, as there is something different about you who is a disciple of Christ. And they reached out to Peter and John, and, and Peter and John, I'm sure, chuckled a little bit, whispered to one another, and said, we're getting ready to blow his socks off. The man who was always in a lame situation is getting ready to get up and walk. And so they, with, with love, with compassion, with the confidence that God was providing the healing, they, they spoke words to him that provided healing and provided uh, hope and life back to this man. And we know the end of the story is that he would. He would get up and walk praising God, and all those who watched in were praising God as well. So what was the expectation? And this is the question I ask myself. What was the expectation of the mother and the lame man that day? And what was Peter and John's expectation of what could happen? So here was a mom, and here was the lame man. So what did they really expect? Well, we know coming that day, they were expecting to be in the same situation that they've always been. And that was being a beggar, being ignored, people passing by, people cutting their eye at them, some stopping and feeling sorry for them. They knew what to expect that day. It was a normal day, and it was a normal way they were going about life that accepted that this is their life. But yet, at the same time, when, when those are making their presentation to Peter and John, the expectation changes a little bit. Because when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, look at us. So apparently, this particular man was so used to not being loved and cared for that he could not even have eye contact with Peter and John. And so Peter and John wanted to see this man in his face. And they knew something was going to happen. So the expectation of John and Peter was a little bit different than the expectation of the mom and the lame man. Because Peter and John knew that something was about to happen that was going to change their life, that was going to reorient their character, that was going to transplant within them something new that was going to bring healing and going to bring hope and life from this day forward. And so as Peter and John spoke, something miraculous happened. As Peter and John began to 
to go about the business of letting God do his thing through them, they, were, they knew that this man was going to be given hope. So this is a very encouraging, power, powerful passage of Scripture. And it may be that some of you today are discouraged, discouraged because of your finances, discouraged that, that you haven't got any help, you haven't got your stimulus check yet, you haven't, you haven't got your unemployment going, and financially you're strapped. And financially, you don't know how you're going to pay your, your mortgage payment this month or, or your car payment, and nevertheless, to get back to work and feel comfortable mingling with hundreds of people knowing that a virus still exists. And all those things are real. And they're, 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 it's deep within all of us in our concern. But the great news is, remember this, that God is greater than our situation. He's greater than a virus. He's greater than your problem. He's greater than your financial need. He's greater than any type of emotion that you have. He's greater than that, and He can bring healing. How does it happen? Well, I know without a shadow of a doubt, healing will come in your personal life when you realize, and I realize together, that we've got to let go of who we are, and we begin to surrender our very mind, soul, body, and all that is about us, our being, as we surrender to God. God is then give, granted the permission to breathe into us with His Spirit to provide something new and exciting for each of us. And it could be healing. It could be comfort. It could be opening your eyes and my eyes to the next possibility of next week of a job. Or it might be helping us to understand that, that what's really more important in life is not the things around us, but the people who are part of our life. I'm so thankful that over the last seven to eight weeks, I've spent more time with my wife than I have probably over the seven or eight years, shamingly to admit it. But it's been good. It's been good to be with my best friend. It's been good to be with family. It's been good to see the, the, the love and the care and the great news is that there is one, your heavenly Father, who wants to spend time with you. He wants to give you love. He wants to give you grace. He wants to give you healing. He wants to provide all necessary, all the necessary things for your life. Well, believe it or not, that's just an introduction. Let's move on. So let me ask you this question. What can you give to others that comes from Jesus? Right, that's, what, that's what the passage is about. As you look at what Peter and John did, what did Peter and John give to the lame man that came from Jesus? So the whole question is, what can you give, what can I give to others that comes from Jesus? Well, in order to answer that question, I want us to look at what Jesus can give, and then I want us to look at what you and I can give. And here I'm going to look at about six to seven different passages of Scripture in the Gospels as well as in the book of Micah. Now, I'm telling you that. It's going to come later, so you'll have time to find the book of Micah. It's right towards the end of the Old Testament, and it's nestled in there. You find the book of Obadiah, and you find the book of Malachi. You'll draw it right, sandwiched in between those particular books. You'll find it. So go ahead and put your finger on Micah chapter 6. But first of all, what Jesus can give... Let's look at Mark chapter 2. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, is a passage of where Jesus gave the paralytic healing. In chapter 2, verse 5 through 11, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, 
your sins are forgiven. But for some of the scribes sitting there thinking to themselves, why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus understood in his spirit that they were reasoning like this within themselves. And he said to them, why are you reasoning these things in your hearts? Why, what, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, pick up your stretcher and walk? But so you know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralytic, he says, okay, if that's your reasoning and that's what you want to hear, then I tell you, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. And immediately he got up, picked up the stretcher, went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astonished and they gave glory to God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Folks, if you and I together will surrender our heart, I promise you, we will exclaim that same statement that is there in Scripture in printed form that we have never seen anything like this before. If you and I are totally committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, things are going to change in our spirit, in our emotion, in the way we conduct ourselves, the way we speak, the where we go, what we do. And we will look back at a point in our life and we will say, I can look back and say now that I have never seen anything like this ever happen in my life. God is ready to pour out his healing in you and through you. As Jesus healed this paralytic and he got up and walked, never forget that the main purpose of that healing was not just to show off his power, but it was to give forgiveness to issue forgiveness and impart that forgiveness into that man's life so he knew that he could live in healing and in freedom, not only physically, but spiritually in his life. Now, second of all, what Jesus can give, we look to another passage of Scripture in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. In John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, uh, you'll also see another illustration of Jesus' work in the life of a man who was blind. As he was passing by in verse 1 of John chapter 9, he saw a man blind from birth. Oh boy, here we go again. His disciples questioned him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents. Man, just relax. Don't worry about what's got him in that point. Get ready to what's getting ready to come in this man's life. Jesus answered, this came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from his saliva. Oh boy, he's not practicing social distancing, is he? And he spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he said to them, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he left and he washed and he came back seeing and in verse 17 of that same chapter, and again, he asked the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And the blind man says, he's a prophet. And then over in verse 38 as well, in, excuse me, verse 35, when Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, he found him and asked, do you believe in the Son of Man? 
In verse 38, I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshiped him. You see, when, when, when God does something personal like that in anybody's life, you can't help but uh, having a whole different picture of life in its entirety. And this man was a new man, not just because he was now able to see. He went from being blinded physically and spiritually to becoming healed in his sight, both physically and spiritually. And the first thing he saw when he gained his sight it was not a cardinal. It was not the color of a tree. It was not a, a chariot passing by. It was not a disciple smiling. It was not his own mother. It was not his own children. It was not his own family. The first thing he saw when he was healed was Jesus. And that's what Jesus gives. When you and I understand the power of his healing, you and I together realize that healing is wonderful and the first thing we see is the face of God. And so therefore we have understanding. Not only Jesus gives forgiveness, but he gives understanding through that healing. Number three of what Jesus can give. Now let's go back to the gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 8, in verses uh, 42 and 48, you will find that Luke's, Scripture, or example, is about where Jesus healed a woman with the issue of bleeding. And in Luke chapter 8, verses 42 and through 48. Let's back up. It's Luke chapter, Luke chapter 8. Let's see if I found that. I may have lost my place. Here we go. There we go. All right. Luke chapter 8, verse 42 through 48. While he was going, the crowds were deeply crushing him. In other words, the crowds were pressing in on Jesus. They were trying to get closer to Jesus. If, if he just breathed, maybe they could understand power a little bit different. They were just, he was like a celebrity. They were attracted to him, his magnetism. But I believe it was the power of God. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years, who had spent all that she had on doctors, yet could not be healed by any, approached from behind and touched the tassel of his robe. And instantly her bleeding was stopped. And Jesus turned around, who touched me? Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, <laughs> Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly cured. Daughter, he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now I see a little bit of com comic... Uh, and laughter in that passage because here was a woman who was desperate. The crowds were coming in on Jesus. She knew there was something different about Jesus. And she had been to every doctor she could, and she was financially broke. She had nowhere else to turn. And so she heard about his power. She heard about his healing. And when he wasn't looking, and when no one else could see her, she just slightly reached her hand out and touched just the hem, the tassel, just a thread 
on that garment. And then she quickly brought her hand back. And all of a sudden, something happened, and Jesus knew that he had been touched because he knew God, his Father, was doing something miraculous right there in his midst in a powerful way, and people were getting ready to, getting ready to experience another form of healing. Jesus knew that their socks were going to be blown, their circuit was going to be shattered, and they were going to be surprised, but in the end, glory to God was getting ready to be given. And all of a sudden, she denies, and everybody denies, we didn't touch you, we didn't touch you, we didn't touch you. And she's thinking, oh, oh, blah, blah, I didn't touch you. And all of a sudden, she realized she's been discovered. Why is she discovered? She's discovered because she's healed. She's been discovered because she's here. And, and Jesus says, daughter, daughter, my very child, my precious little girl, your faith has made you well. So we see what Jesus can give. Not only does he give forgiveness, not only does he give understanding, but he also gives faith. And he gave faith to her that would empower her and propel her forward into her future. So that's joy. What Jesus? All right, we know Jesus can give these things. You say, well, Pastor, I understand that. I, I believe it. I believe everything the Scripture says. I understand that Jesus can give all those things, but I'm not Jesus. So what can I give? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I'm going to give you four answers of what you and I can give, what we can also offer to others that can bring healing and can bring power, can bring liberation, can bring freedom in that person's life. In Luke chapter 6, let's go back to Luke chapter 6. And in Luke chapter 6, in verse 27 and 28, here is what you can give. Number one, it says for us to love our enemies. But I say to you who listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. Wow. How do you bring healing in a person's life who doesn't like you? How do you bring healing in a person's life who doesn't love you? How do you bring a healing in a person's life who despises you? How do you bring healing in a person's life who has cursed you? According to Scripture, it's about the loveness that's within us. It's about loving someone even when they're unlovable. It's loving them even when they're filled of hate. It's loving them even when their mouth is filled with disdainment. Loving them even when they despise being in your presence. We are to love our enemies. We can give love in the midst of hatred. And I like to call it the loveness that's in our life. You're probably not going to find that word in the English dictionary. So take that as a new word for the day. The loveness that you and I have in our individual lives that we can give away. He also asks, what else can I give? Number two, in Luke chapter 6, also in that same chapter, in Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and 38, and listen to this one. This is probably the hardest one we all deal with in everyday life. Wherever we go, especially when we're, we're bombarded with hatred or we're bombarded with disdainment or someone just doesn't like us and we know that or they've cursed us, this passage applies. This verse says in verse 37 of Luke chapter 6, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And so what can you and I give? It's respect. 
It's not judgment. It's respecting the person for who they are. There's many things in people's lives I do not agree with. There's probably things in my life that you not, do not agree that I do. And so there's things we may not necessarily agree with what we do, but still we can respect the person for who they are. And remember that every person is created by God. Even though those who, who have never committed their life to their Creator... We know that they're the potential, the pre-Christians out there, and yet God loves them as they are, and we've got to respect them for who they are, not necessarily for the sin of their life. But we do not judge them for that sin. We love them, we respect them, so that we can give them the opportunity to open their life up and to be in relationship with us as well as others so that they can understand the relationship, friendship, powerness of the Almighty God that you and I have come to know. So do not judge others. In other words, respect them. You can give respect, and you can give that loveness within you. Number three is to be a good example. Now, this is the, the passage of Micah. In Micah chapter, uh, uh, verse, chapter 6, uh, verse 8, you'll see there in Micah uh, just a, an encouraging word that's right there that comes forth that I think just uh, resounds with what you and I are challenged to do in Micah chapter 6 in verse 8. And this is what he says. This is God's law that was given to Judah and they were making accusations and it's much like you'd call the, the lawsuit against Judah and in the midst of that, this is what he told them. He has told you men what is good and what it is that the Lord requires of you. All right, he has told you, Benji, what is good and what the Lord is requiring from your personal life. And this is it. Only to act justly, to love faithfulness, and here's the key, to walk humbly with your God. What you and I can give to someone else. Now, this is all to bring healing in their life. You've got to keep this in mind. The things that we give them is doing what? The theme is about healing. And it's about God pouring out His rain of healing in that person's life. And if we want to be the cloud that produces that rain shower in their life, then you and I are going to have to love our enemies. We're going to not judge others. And number three, we've got to be a good example to them by being humble. The humility in our life will demonstrate to that person that we are approachable and if we are approachable, then we can enter in relationship, in friendship, that we can have conversation, we can get down to the basics of their life, get deep within their life spiritually, ask questions that no one's ever asked, and get into the, the spiritual life that no one has ever got into. And even if it makes them comfortable, we make them uncomfortable by asking the question, is Jesus real in your life? If he's not real in your life, why isn't he real in your life? And if you have the opportunity, which the opportunity is now, will you commit your life to Jesus and understand the real of Jesus. And it happens because we are approachable through the humility that we present. So what you and I can give is loveness, respect, and, and humbleness. And number four, and last is this, is to forgive others, to actually, to actually go through the process of forgiving others. And you find in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and in verse 32 of Ephesians chapter 4, 
I know that I'm going faster than you probably can find it in your scripture. That's why I said write down these references. But it says in verse 32, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. And then it goes on to say, therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in his love as the Messiah has also loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial fragrant offering to God. So therefore, we are to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another. One of the hardest things to do is to look into someone's eyes when you know they have wronged you and they have not shown anything of, of trying to make amends with you. And you look them straight in the eye and you say, I forgive you. I'm not holding you hostage to what you've done to me. And you forgive them. Whatever that situation is, I know it's hard to forgive the abuser in your life. I know it's hard to forgive those who've taken advantage of you. I know it's hard to forgive even those who've taken the life of your loved one. I know it's hard to forgive the people that have hurt you and has created a change in your entire life and has created a total different view of life. I understand that. But nevertheless, we are still to offer forgiveness and to release them. It doesn't mean that, that we're saying that they, they're no longer held accountable for their actions. That's up to them and God. It's up to them and society. But we can't hold them hostage because if we hold them hostage, then we're holding ourselves hostage and we can't understand the, the vibrantness and the vitality of our relationship with God on an everyday basis when we're harboring bitterness, anger, resentment, and hatred in our own hearts. So we've got to forgive. Folks, you can give compassion to other people. Love, respect, humbleness, and compassion. Jesus gave many, many different things. It wasn't just all about healing physically in people's lives. I was just using three physical examples to demonstrate that it was more than the physical that Jesus was healing. He was moving to the spiritual in their life by giving them forgiveness, understanding, and faith. But yet you and I can physically and emotionally and, and connect with people and we can love them, respect them, demonstrate humility and offer them compassion and care and kindness. And it opens up the door to something greater. You know, one of the things that I see that's happened all over the world in the Christian community is that you, right where you are, are viewing this message and you probably haven't been to a church service in many a year. Now, I know that the faithful ones in our congregation are tuning in. And some will even view the message later this afternoon or later in the week when it's reposted on the website or YouTube or a podcast. I know that. But I'm talking about you who've never been inside the doors of a church right here in this community. For the first time, you find yourself listening into a, a pastor. And unfortunately, you're looking at an ugly, ugly one at that. But as you, as you do that, as you look in, in on this, you're tuning in. Guess what? You have the power right now to tune me out by cutting it off. Or you can stay focused. And what's happened all over the world is that, that people are tuning in because they're looking for hope. And I can say that in the comfort of where you are, if you're sitting on the beach, if you're sitting in your living room, in your recliner, if you're still laying in your bed, wherever you are, God's love is surrounding you at this very moment, and He's ready to provide healing in your life. 
So guys, we want to be an encouragement to you. I don't want to be a a dictator, a chancellor, or a principal and saying this is what you got to do. But at the same time, this is what you got to do. You got to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ if you're going to find the answers. There is no way about it. You say, well, I'm a, I'm a guy of science or I'm a woman of, of that I've got to see it in order to believe it. Go ahead, hold on to that which you want to see to believe and you'll find yourself seeing hell and not heaven. And so folks, listen, what you've got to do and what I've got to do is surrender our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do, you will find healing. I will find healing. It will blow our circuits and it will be good. And we will say, as we look back, I can per, you know, positively and 100% say that I have never seen this happen in my life before. Join your life to God and watch what He does. So let me try to bring this to a close by asking you a, a very important question, a point of, of application. This question is, what will you give that will help another? What will you give that will help another person? What will you decide to give away this day? Well, you have opportunity this day. We still, we still, uh, people are taking your calls if you're family. They, they want to take it. They want to see you and they want to hear you. And so call that family member whom you may have a, a relationship with that's been hindered because of something that's happened and offer them this day your love and compassion and care. And say to them, I love you, I care for you, you're the most important person in my life, and I want to tell you that I forgive you. And if you've wronged them, then ask them, will you forgive me? Don't go to, will you forgive me, but, just say, will you forgive me, period, and claim it. You'll probably make their day. You'll probably change a thought that they've been holding on to. You may, even have, you may even give them the permission because they've been released to fall on their knees once again and say, Abba, Father, here I am, I'm back. I, I now understand love. And it was through my sister or my brother or my family member who just made that call. So what will you give that will help another person? I know you'll make the right decision. And I know it'll be good. And I know it will be a time of rejoicing. I know it will be uh, totally rewarding and, and you will find yourself happier than you've ever been. And you'll find joy in Jesus once again. God's all about bringing happiness and healing, healing or joy and healing in our personal lives. So why not make it a goal to provide joy and healing in someone else's life. I believe in you. I believe you can do it. And I believe God's willing to do it if you will let him work through you and provide greatness through you. So that one day we can sit on the porch with someone or on the beach with someone or traveling with them or at a restaurant and they can say, I can truly say what you did for me. I can look back and say, I had no idea. I could ever imagine that this is something that could have ever happened in my life. I am totally, totally amazed. God bless you today, and God's work be with you, and God's work be in you. Father, we thank you so very much for your care 
and your provision. We thank you for your healing that has brought us to the point to where we can offer healing and care and provision and love to other people, that we can even love those who hate us, and we can care for those whom we, do not, we, we saw that we do not like because now we're seeing them in a different light and we're seeing them through your eyes that we're beginning to like them and love them and care for them because you love them and care for them regardless. And so, Father, thank you for that empowerment that makes that happen. We thank you as well that, that you provide for us the comfort and the reassurance of your daily presence with us. And, Father, again, I ask for healing upon our land and upon each individual life, everyone who's, who's facing whatever task and whatever difficulty they're facing. I pray that your Holy Spirit will rain down on them with great healing this day. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice And trembles at his voice How great is our God Sing with me how great is our God And all will see how great How great is our God. Raise your ages stands, and time is in His hands, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The God at three and one, Father, Spirit, Son, and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God, how great is our God. How great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. How great, how great is our God.